Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. End of the week of Sunday, January 30th, the fourth week after Epiphany. This Sunday, January 30th, we will be on Zoom still, and we will be on Zoom the next Sunday, February 6th, with plans right now to be back in person on Sunday, February 13th. So that's a little bit of the outlook for the next few weeks. We are starting community group on Zoom February 9th. Uh, That's a Wednesday. And we are going to be reading Wholehearted Faith by Rachel Hilde Evans. It's a series of essays um, edited by Jeff Chu um, and published last year. So I'm excited to dive into that book with all of you. So that will be 7 p.m. on Wednesdays starting February 9th. All right. We are still in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 21, going through 30. And this is the second half of the text and the story that we started last week. And this morning I am reading out of the CEB translation. He began to explain to them, today the scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. Everyone was raving about Jesus, so impressed were they by the gracious words flowing from his lips. They said, this is Joseph's son, isn't it? And Jesus said to them, undoubtedly you will quote to me, saying, Doctor, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we've heard you did in Capernaum. He said, I assure you that no prophet is welcome in the prophet's hometown. I can assure you that there were as many widows in Israel during Elijah's time when it didn't rain for three and a half years and there was a great food shortage in the land, yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to a widow in the city of Zarephath in the region of Sidon. There were also many persons with skin diseases in Israel during the time of the prophet Elisha, but none of them were cleansed. Instead, Naaman the Syrian was cleansed. And when they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was filled with anger. They rose up and ran him out of town. They led him to the crest of the hill on which their town had been built so they could throw him off the cliff. But he passed through the crowd and went on his way. The word of the Lord. All right, well, this is obviously a continuation of our text from last week, and we're asking during the season of Epiphany how God is revealing God's self, what is God revealing in ourselves and in the world during this season. And we're doing that through this core story of the beginning of Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of Luke. Two weeks ago, we talked about the first act in Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of John, and we talked primarily last week about how this this core text where Jesus comes into the temple and unrolls the scroll of Isaiah and reads this text about liberation, that it is key for what Jesus understands his life to be about is God joining with the poor and the oppressed and all people of low societal status for liberation. So on on Sunday, we talked about the implications of our abilities to listen and to follow God's Spirit in the same way in places where love and liberation are, are happening and needed, both, both in, our, in ourselves and around our community. So what does it mean for God's message of salvation to, like we talked about last week, to not even be necessarily directed primarily toward us, but rather to the poor and the powerless. And we were talking on Sunday about liberation theology, and I was thinking of other uh, liberation theologians uh, that I've read, and Monica Coleman came to mind. She writes this, salvation is the insurrectionary and revolutionary process of challenging the status quo 
in demanding equality and inclusion. I'm going to read that again. Salvation is the insurrectionary and revolutionary process of challenging the status quo and demanding equality and inclusion. Now, I think this is a challenging message, not only in terms of our, uh, in the context of our conversation last week on Sunday, but to even understand this uh, story and the back half of this uh, text today. Because what Jesus says in the first half demands a response from those gathered in the synagogue, and I think demands a response from us as well. At least that's, that's the invitation, and, and that's what we'll, we'll talk about uh, in part on Sunday, that expansion and inclusion in this way, to even to use the term justice, right? I, I think last week we can talk about the Isaiah message that Jesus is announcing here, is saying being fulfilled in, in their hearing, uh, says something about justice, that it, in expansion and inclusion that challenges something. So in our text today, we have two reactions to Jesus's pronouncement uh, from, from reading the scripture from Isaiah about God's liberation being fulfilled in their midst. And uh, for, first, I think it's just funny because they, they, they're amazed at what they hear at first, but they immediately undercut that by questioning what Jesus said due to his lower status of being Joseph's son. So he unrolls the scroll, reads it, and they're amazed at what he's saying. And then they're like, wait, isn't this Joseph? We know this guy. We know this guy. Like, this is a hometown kid. I'm sure they've seen him grow up. They have a particular image of who Jesus is. And as we know in the first century, there there's a hierarchical status based on the fa- like honor shame society based on the family that you were born into. So Jesus has a a certain level of honor and status within the gathered community. So they immediately, after hearing Jesus read the scroll of Isaiah, they, they question Jesus's status based on his family of origin being Joseph's son. So that's the first thing they say is like, wait, when, isn't this? Yeah. So we can talk about Jesus's response more on Sunday because I think there's a lot there. But Jesus anticipates their their negative reaction, and then res- responds by talking about Elijah and Elisha and how prophets aren't welcome in their hometown. And so this is part of the back and forth uh, between Jesus and those that were gathered in the synagogue. But I, I also want to just talk about how I think Jesus is describing something that is incredibly true, universal, and relatable about our inability to listen to others that we think we already know. We have assumptions and experiences with people, maybe people that we grew up with, maybe family members, people that we are really close to especially, and we, we have a tendency to categorize them in our minds as something without leaving open the possibility for other visions for, for whom they might become, uh, how someone might have changed. And maybe you've been in a situation where it's, it's been impossible for you to be heard or seen based on 
somebody else's presumptions or prejudice that they have about you. Um, the, the writer Simone Weil wrote this about a similar situation. She says, justice to be ever ready to admit that another person is something quite different from what we read when he is there or when we think about him. Rather, to read in him that he is certainly something different, perhaps something completely different from what we read in him. And I, I think Simone Weil is getting at this idea about not being able to, to have justice if we cannot see someone or hear somebody for who they are. Uh, the situation is so relatable, the one that Jesus is in, uh, because the, the, those gathered who know Jesus so well cannot reconcile what he's saying to them with the image of who they think he is. Joseph's son, a construction worker, a kid they knew. They, they're, they're demonstrating that old adage that uh, we don't see things as they are, but as we are. Thomas Aquinas uh, said it, uh, whatever is received is received according to the, the nature of the receiver. That we, we do not hear or see things as they are, but instead as we are. So in the context of this whole story, the vision for God's love and liberation that Jesus is living into and using Isaiah to set the image for is a vision for an expanding vision of life and love. This is not an exclusive notion. Expansive is not exclusive. And this thing comes up over and over again in the Gospels. When more seats are placed around the banquet table, it makes others uncomfortable. And I think about the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Some work all day, some work half a day, and some just work a few hours, but everybody gets paid the same wage. And of course, the workers at the beginning of the day don't think that that's fair, but expansive is not exclusive. So when we ask during the season of Epiphany how God reveals God's self in our lives and in the world, it's trying to open us up to a new mind about how reality is at an essential level. Like we talked about last Sunday, the vision of Jubilee in which no person is weighed down by debt or shame is part of that prophetic imagination about how God moves people towards life, liberation, and love in this reality. So here Jesus is expanding the concept of God's grace and acceptance to the, the oppressed, the outsider, uh, those who need the restoration of honor in society for being shamed or on the margins or being outside a particular tribe or culture, um, that expansiveness is threatening or unappealing to those uh, who are gathered in the synagogue. Uh, it, it makes him so mad that he just drive him out of his own hometown to uh, the edge of a cliff that wasn't there, but for the sake of the story, it sounds better, uh, so that they could murder him. I mean, that is some serious rage. Um, maybe it's helpful to, to point out that uh, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't respond to their outrage at his message by... Um, trying to get back at them, or even trying to bring them with him. Rather, you know, he slips through their midst. He just simply, 
He simply moves on. And I think sometimes grace, uh, forgiveness, inclusive love, it looks like moving forward. Um, Reconciliation is great, but it also requires two willing parties. And sometimes that's not possible. Healing, forgiveness, grace, justice uh, are always possible and present, even if it requires uh, new boundaries or or even a new location. I think that's uh, what Jesus demonstrates here at the end of the story. So as we think about the the end of the story, we think about the trajectory, the, the Spirit of God calling Jesus beloved, sending Jesus out into the wilderness, and then Jesus coming into the synagogue with this message of an expansive love that's inviting all people into a life of love and liberation. But he never coerces someone to join what they're not ready to be a part of. Expansive is not exclusive, even though to some it will always feel that way. So as I'm I'm looking forward to our conversation on Sunday, so as we wrap this up, uh, may we be open to see that the table is always bigger than we think. Um, May we be open to see people differently who we might think we already know, that we have presumptions about. May we be open to, to knowing ourselves differently. May we be open to experience God's love and liberation newly as expanding, challenging, and deepening uh, and always, always present. And I think we'll leave it there. As we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Be well. Be well.